Hello and welcome to Debutantes and Debauchery, a book discussion podcast where two best friends get together to drink wine and talk about YA novels. I'm Michelle. And I'm Raina. And this episode, we're going to be discussing Not Even Bones by Rebecca Schaefer. It's a horror fantasy novel about a girl named Nita who dissects supernatural beings and sells them with her mother. This book is quite gruesome, so big content warning for gore, torture, cannibalism, dissection, lots of death, and a lot of discussion about what it's okay to do in the name of survival. Let's get started. Yay! Yay! Is it cannibalism? Like, I, we're starting off right right off the bat. I'm just, <laughs> is it cannibalism? Are they considered the same species? Because, like, the cannibalism I was... I guess, in general, all the cannibalism is, like, everyone eating the supernatural parts. But I guess I was thinking specifically of when Boulder, who yeah. is the, like, aura guy, he eats part of Nita. Is that cannibalism? If a human... If a humanoid eats another humanoid, I feel like it's cannibalism. Okay. Even if they're not the same species. I mean, I guess technically it wouldn't be, but like, I feel like in my book, it's going to be cannibalism. Yeah. If like, it's describing a human eating a human finger, mm-hmm. that feels cannibalism-y to me. Plus, like, I mean, we really got straight into it. Um, <laughs> plus, like all the, c- the supernatural creatures, they don't like look like supernatural creatures, you know? No. They look like humans. Like the unicorns. She described the unicorn that she met as like a blonde dude who tried to suck her soul out. This book was so good. Anyway, we got off top. We, we need to like be normal about this. Did you like the book? I did like the book. I liked the book too. Yay. What would you, what would you rate it? Oh, um, I'd give it like a four out of five. Nice. It was really good. Same. I thought maybe you would be given it like a five out of five. You said you read it in like one night. I did read it in one night and it was super, super good. And I loved it. The reason I'm not giving it five stars is because, like, they did a lot of, like, alluding to what makes you, like, a good person, but they didn't really get into it, you know? I have a lot to say about the whole, like, morality thing. Yeah. I got... But, um, maybe we should start with something else. I don't know. I feel like we never segue into these episodes. We're just, like, pick, like, the hot topic and immediately start talking about it. Like, cannibalism? We Let's talk about the characters. Okay. I liked the characters. Um, there weren't actually that many, you know? I guess yeah. compared to, like, the last couple books we've been reading, like, the Orisha series and Nowhere Girls both had a lot of characters, where this yeah. one was kind of slim. I mean, it makes sense for the setting that they were in. Oh, okay. We're gonna, I'm going to segue <laughs> off the characters, talk about the setting. The setting was, like, maybe my favorite part, not just, like, where they were, but also that it was so contained. I loved that. You don't see that a lot anymore. You don't. And also just like, it was contained, but also it took them a long time to get out, you know? Mm-hmm. She didn't just like immediately escape. It took her time and she had to do all these different things. And like, even at the end of the book, she had just got out. Like it took the whole book to do that. And I just, I liked how contained it was. It made it like, it made the pacing good for me. Yeah. It felt more realistic because it's yeah. like... They were in a highly guarded facility, like, they were on an island that made it hard to get Mm -hmm. off. The boats weren't just there ready for them to take. They hit actual roadblocks. She actually had to make choices, which is another part of this book that I loved. She had to make choices about who she was willing to alliance with. Mm -hmm. Hard choices. And she was like, she never for a second forgot that COVID was, like, a monster. Mm-hmm. and or quote-unquote monster yeah yeah that, that he, yeah yeah that he tortured her friend basically mm-hmm. 
is the main issue she had with him. Yeah. Which is legit. I, yeah, I, I did love that she just had to do all those different things to get out. That, yeah, I mean, exactly what you said, that the boats weren't just waiting for her to get to. And that, you know, the first attempt failed miserably, and Mirabella, well, we didn't die, but we thought Mirabella died. Um, so, like, yeah. And also, when she, they, like, planted those um, canisters to explode, mm-hmm. how when they're, how when it was happening, they were, like, exploding way sooner, and she was like, I didn't even think about it, but there must be other canisters there. Yeah, the little details like that are so great. The, another, okay, little details that made it realistic that I loved. We can talk more in depth about Nita's power, or her, like, ability, which was, one, so cool, but... In regards to her ability and like little details, one of my favorites was when when she was lighting like the barrels and she had to alert COVID from really far COVID from really far away, so she was gonna turn her pain back on. But first, she detached her vocal cords so that she wouldn't scream because and that was just ah! that was just so such a cool little detail that I feel like you could have easily not put in there. You know, they could have just said, "I turned on my pain and it hurt so much," but she wouldn't like the extra detail to be like realistically she would have to turn off her vocal cords. Not turn off, but like, you know, detach them. How do you detach your vocal cords? You how do it when your pain is turned off. That's how you do it. <laughs> and all of the little planting the seed for like future stuff that they did in the book. Like normally when we're getting set up for a sequel. that Okay, not to like dredge up past things. But Children of Virtue and Vengeance, at the very end, it was like, suddenly there's another book. Yeah, it very much was setting up the sequel, like, yeah, hitting you with it. And then this book, it was like, um, throughout the entire thing, you have little reasons why another book would be happening. Like, you have Fabrizio. Mm-hmm. And her parents. And her parents, and you don't know basically anything about them, and but the book is making you want to learn more about them, and every time you learn something new about them, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then you find out, like, she's struggling with whether or not she's supposed to be trusting her parents or not. And then she finds out at the end that she was betrayed by the first person in the world that she ever tried to help. And now it's like, oh my god, I wonder how that is going to affect her in book two. Like, I wonder if she's going to be willing to trust people anymore. Did they just ruin her forever? And it's just, it was so good. Yeah, it was. Speaking of, like... Fabricio and like the sequel like when I first like real when she first realized that Fabricio betrayed her my first thought or like I guess I was like thinking about what okay so what does that mean then did that mean her mom did or didn't betray her and then I was like it wouldn't make sense then for her mom to have been in on it because then the mom could have just told someone where to find her instead of going through all the hoops of like bringing Fabricio there and like torturing him so I feel like it's going to turn out to be in book two that it wasn't really Fabricio's fault that he was kind of used by the vampire guy because like why was he like, like be willing to go and like get his ear cut off and stuff. And then for a second before we got to the end I thought it was going to be her dad because her dad was like with the police or whatever and I was like oh god wait did her dad like turn them both in because we had heard nothing about her dad and he was like just the guy on the other side of the email on the phone. And then he's dead, so maybe it's not him. (laughs) Which is why it's so good, because even, like, the book is leaving you these hints, and even when it's leaving you these hints, you're still like, who is it? Who done it? (laughs) My my theory is that it's the vampire dude, like, made Fabrizio, like, a deal or something. Maybe. And was like, you go, I'll sell you to this lady, but 
But he wouldn't have been able to promise that Nita would set him free, you know? Which is why I love it, because I don't know! Uh-huh. I don't know what happened! I mean, okay, no. Okay, but laying out my theory. Vampire dude had Fabricio. He heard about Nita. He wanted to get Nita. So he sent Fabricio and he's like, I mean, Fabricio doesn't really have a choice, you know? So it's like, I guess it'll be, I mean, if you manage to get out, you're free, you know? And that's like the only deal he gets. And then he did get out. But then his, the deal was like, if you get out, you have to contact me or contact Reyes. But wasn't he, wasn't Fabricio one of the, um, one of the people in that company? No, he was a fellow like refugee oh at the very end the lady part of the company in was it in yeah in was like we have another fellow um unnatural but i thought when she got the list from boulder's estate that had all of the people that were paid off fabricio was one of the agents that got paid off or something oh he was did i forget that it was like i thought that the reason she found out it was fabricio was because she saw her phone she saw the phone she saw that like the texts on the phone were from like her number and it was Fabricio and she's like I didn't send those so it must have been Fabricio sending them yeah but then also she was talking to um at the very end it's like the very last page she says or the agent says we have another refugee from the black market there was an issue in the other office so he's come here you'll be seeing him around it'll be do you good to talk to someone who's been through the same thing and then he walks in that's not what I'm talking about though have you ever heard the name Fabricio Takunin? He found eyes distant, eyes distant, not Fabricio, but Tacunin. Yes, his head tilted slightly. Alfredo Alfonso Tacunin, Argentinian. He's a lawyer. He's a partner at, well, I guess technically it's a legal firm, but in actuality, it's a business that provides tax havens, money laundering, and stuff for people in the criminal underworld. There's branches all over the world. The family I worked for was one of his clients, but I don't know many details. My name's Fabricio, Fabricio Tacunin. No, it couldn't be. Wait, can I read that? Just yeah. To, I need to, like, read it to, like, understand. So she re- he recognized the last name. Yeah. I guess I didn't remember that, but, like, what if it's, like, Fabricio's family? Or, like, Fabricio's dad? Wait, didn't Fabricio Maybe. say something about his family in the beginning? Yeah, but then it goes on to say, like, um... Yeah, he mentioned employees. His father's employees. What kind of property had a father with... But her mother lied. What kind of property Right, so her mom, her mom thought that she got Fabricio from a, like, collector. But yeah. Fabricio's like, my dad has employees. So Nita's basically like, did my mom lie or did Fabricio lie? Well, they both lie. My theory is that Fabricio is like his part is his like, he's not lying. His, he's the son of this legal guy. Mm. And that the collector thing was a front to get Nita's mom to take him. Because they needed to be like, be like, take this guy because he's like super valuable. Yeah. So I think my theory is that. But then the, why would he rat out Nita too? Because that was the whole point. They wanted Nita. When they would just want the mother? That's, yeah, what, I don't know. Good point. Maybe they did take the mom. Maybe she went somewhere else. We don't know where the mom is. Yeah. But my, I'm going to go with my theory that, like, because we don't actually know what Fabricio is. My theory is that Fabricio is the son of this lawyer dude. Mm-hmm. Because um, COVID's, like, the guy's name is Alfredo or <laughs> Alfonso or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Alfredo. <laughs> um, but Alfonso or something. So I think that's Fabricio's dad. But he could have also just used fake names. That's true. You know, we don't know. Yeah. There's so much we don't know, and I can't wait to find out. Yeah. But okay, let's start talking about this book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are talking about this book. Yeah. Okay. Nita. We 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 like. We're gonna try to talk about the characters. And then we got off track. Yeah. So loved Nita. I loved Kobit. Loved Kobit. Even loved 
Morella. Even though she was like a minor side character, she, she like she really pulled through for us in the end. Yeah. She did. <laughs> and I loved how she was like killing all those people and Nita was like, Hey, don't kill us please and she came to the surface and Nita was like, Oh shit, I have I have COVID. <laughs> if she sees COVID, she's going to lose her shit and just kill me immediately. Yeah. And I was like, same. Mm-hmm. Same, Marilla. Uh, yeah, I really liked all three of them. I mean, I liked... I mean, I liked the bad guys, too. They weren't They weren't bad, bad guys. Not, like, bad as in morale, but, like, yeah. they weren't... They were good villains, I guess. There was this one part that was, like, so small, but I really loved it, where the two cronies, um, George and Lorenzo... Jorge. <laughs> I definitely even wrote Jorge, but for some reason I said George. <laughs> Jorge and Lorenzo were like walking away from the mansion at this part, and Jorge is like, I don't think I'm gonna stay here, man. And Lorenzo was like, No, I want you to stay. And then he's like, Come to Italy with me. Yeah. It's like, Oh. <laughs> I was like, Wow, I ship it. How sweet. I like that they were terrified of COVID. Yeah. I found that very funny. Yeah. I also liked the way the author realistically used language. I feel like I often don't read that in, like, YA novels. Maybe I just don't read enough YA novels set in other countries. Because, like, the Orisha series was set in a different country, but they didn't really deal with language because it was all in a different language, whereas there were, like, multiple languages in this book, and it actually mattered when someone didn't speak Spanish or someone did. Um, anyway, I don't know why. I just That was, like, a little detail that I enjoyed about this setting. Where they had to go back and forth, like, I don't speak Spanish, but this person does, and we have different accents. Yeah. That was cool. And where, um, Nita had to, like, figure out where... Reyes was from. Yeah, so that she could, like, imitate, imitate her accent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you think Kobit is a psychopath? I, f- I mean, no, but mostly because, like, psychopath... It's hard to determine because psychopaths are, like, a distinction that we have for humans... And it'd be totally different for someone who literally has to eat with pain. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how, like, one of the, th- the things we heard early on was, like, I don't know, Zannies don't have to, like, torture people. They could get their pain other ways. I liked the detail. Um, I have something else to go back to, but I wanted to really quickly say I loved the detail when COVID was telling Nita about, um, like, the legends of Zannies and how women ha- were the ones that were doing a lot of the torturing because they couldn't just go to war. And like war was so convenient for Zanny because there's so much pain all around you, but women couldn't do that. So they had to find other ways to get the pain. I thought that was really cool and like an interesting tidbit. But anyway, it was sort of the like the, well, Zannies don't have to torture, they get the pain other ways. And I guess if you look at it from a different perspective, cause like we are food, I guess, kind of to Zannies. If you look at it from like a pig's perspective, we don't have to kill animals to eat. We can sustain ourselves on plants, but we do. So are we like psychopaths for doing that? I don't know. It's just like... I think it's a little different. It is, because like pigs aren't like sentient. I also, guess. we're slaughtering them. We're not torturing them. That's a good point. But no, but alive. like they have, they have to get the pain to survive, otherwise they die. Yeah. Anyway, I guess it's just long but it's a way of saying that like, I feel like we can't... I feel like it's hard to assign psychopath to Zanny because they're just like completely different. There's just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think? Well... He also has his rules. Yeah, I want to hear what the teddy bear one was. He said that he had a teddy bear rule, and then he did not tell me what it was. Yeah. And that was upsetting. I want to know the teddy bear rule. In book two, give us the teddy bear rule. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I agree with a lot of what you said. At the same time... He's a freak. He definitely enjoys scaring people. He definitely doesn't just torture people for the food. Like, he's not doing it, but he's disgusted with himself or anything like that. He's doing it, and he's, like, happy, and he's enjoying it. because they feel pleasure from it. Yeah. You know? I feel like it's hard to be, like... Like, imagine if I put, like, a delicious dinner in front of you, and I was like, if you are happy while eating this, you're fucked up. But also... Feel guilty eating this. But also, if I was eating this and there was a pig being slaughtered in front of me, I might feel a little bad. Well, you're vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) But if I ate meat, and I was eating, like, some meat, and I was looking at a pig being slaughtered, I might feel a little sad or disgusted. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is the distinction there, mm-hmm. where he is euphoric in his joy yeah, while torturing. And he even says, eventually, all zanies go crazy and mm-hmm. just go on, like, a crazy torturing spree until they get killed. Yeah, that's why he has the rules. So, like, he's trying to prevent So that. he knows he's crazy, and he's trying to prevent it from progressing as far as that mm-hmm. for as long as possible. Yeah. Well, I guess he, he knows, but... I wonder what their lifespan is. Good point. I mean, they're on the list of, like, dangerous unnaturals, so, I mean, they're getting, it's, it's, it's legal to kill them. Yeah. And then also, like, it is it just their mentality that keeps them from dying? I mean, that makes them die? You know, like, they go crazy, they go on a torturing spree, they get caught, they get killed. So if a zany was allowed to continue, if a zany was allowed to continue with the torturing and going crazy... Could that zany live forever? <laughs> you know what I mean? We haven't really, yeah, we haven't, they didn't tell us about the, like, lifespans of any of these creatures, whether any of them, they didn't really go into detail about a lot of the creatures, really. But to give us details about the unnaturals, because well, that's super interesting. Yeah, Nina, like, talked about how she didn't know if she could be immortal, if she could, like, figure out how to stop her aging. Yeah. That that was something she could try to do. She also talked about how she refrained from doing anything to change her appearance because she could fuck herself up so mm-hmm. bad. I Which, love. Yeah. <laughs> the rules of her ability was like one of my favorite things is that how she couldn't, she had limits. She couldn't just like immediately hulk herself out or like do crazy shit. And she also had regular limits too. Like, oh shit, I don't know how to use a gun. Mm-hmm. And COVID was like, I don't really know how to use a gun, but I always carry a knife with me. <laughs> Yeah. I really appreciate how much thought and effort this author put into planning everything. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it so much, and it makes me so excited for book two. There's I can't gonna be book be... three, too. I know. I saw that, and it's getting released in September. So we just picked the perfect time to read this book. I feel like I already put the second one on hold, but I should double check on that. But so good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Go out and read this book. It was really good. And I've also never heard of it before now. Yeah. You know my one complaint is? I don't like the cover. Have you seen the cover for the second one? Yeah. I mean, I like that one a little bit more. Yeah. But I don't like the cover for the first one. I don't know why. It's not a scalpel. It is a scalpel. And I just don't like, it's not is... like that it has a... It's not like the design of like the scalpel. It's more like yeah. the... Yeah. You know, like the design of it. Um, and then the next book is Nita's scalpel and Kovit's knife. I thought it was just a knife. I thought it was both. Or is it supposed to be both? You're right. It's just the knife. And the next one is Kovit's knife. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> Definitely only took us one try to say that. I wonder, I haven't seen any covers for the third one, but there's probably covers out there because it comes out in like this month. I think the third one is Nita's Skullful and, and Kovitz Knife. We spent a lot of time deliberating about the covers. Uh, ooh, okay, other things. This is not an ooh thing. This is like a 
part of the book that like weirded me out, and I'm, it, I assume it, I'm gonna assume based on what I know about you that it weirded you out too. Um, Kovitz pangasms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm saying it's not a normal level of enjoyment out well, of but, food. Well, but like those aren't. We don't know if that's him being a freak or if that's just what Zannies feel. I think I assume that's just what Zannies feel when they feel the when yeah. they feel the pain. Because like the first time we heard it, I'm gonna find the um, page because like I read the first one and then I just sat there and just like stared for a second. It was when um, uh, the bodyguards dragged Mirella back into the room after getting her eye gouged out, and as she passes. Um, it says, Kovit hissed softly as she passed, his eyes slitting in pleasure. And I just, I just sat there, like, staring. You know? Because I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, neither was I. But you know what that did for me in this book? It made Kovit 30 million times creepier. I just, I liked it, you know? Yeah. Like, I did, it, it was like, yeah, it was like weird and a little bit like, ugh. It really it. made it sink in that he was, like, supposed to be a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the mo- monster. It just, it, it, I don't know. It's... He's supposed to be a monster. Yeah. Not as in, like, he's supposed to be different from humans, but he's, l- that character is literally supposed to be a monster. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that. And I liked like, how yeah. Nita got his attention by turning her pain back on. <laughs> I found that. Yeah. I just found those scenes so funny. Like, the first time she did it, when they were in the mansion or whatever, and she turned it on, and then Kovic comes in, he's like, you summoned me? <laughs> Yeah. I found it very funny. Yeah. But then, like, it really amped it up, and I was like, I'm so uncomfortable when he was in the boat, just, like, pain-gasming for, like, an hour. Well, there were, like, ten people. More than ten. It was, like, were... the whole market. Yeah, like, but, Burning like, alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you still be my friend if every time I ate, like, a really good meal, I just, like, hissed and slid in my face and that's I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to, like, get used to it. <laughs> My note for Fabrizio. I wrote Fabrizio tasty. <laughs> I want to know what I want to know what Fabrizio is. I wonder if he really is an unnatural. Yeah, I mean he's at like in Hup as a refugee right now, but like maybe he's just lying, or maybe he yeah. is like a weird kind of unnatural that her mom didn't even know what it was. Everyone just loved the way he tasted. But also sidebar, unnatural feels super offensive as a word to use. But yeah, it is the word though in the book. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter because they're not real. Mm-hmm. Or if you are real, send us an email <laughs> at debutantes.and.debauchery at gmail.com. Tell us if you're an unnatural. I want to know. Also, tell us your thoughts on the book. What did you think? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? You're just doing the ending bit. <laughs> Let us know at, at debutantespod. At debutantepod. Mm-hmm. I got it right this time. Good job. How's the wine? We're drinking a Moscato this time. Yeah. We're classy bitches. It's a lot better than the um, Pinot Noir. It's a lot easier to chug. <laughs> We're not supposed to be chugging it. We're supposed to be sipping it. Shit. Um, one of the things that I wrote down really, really early on, I took like no notes for the first like big chunk of the book, and then I took a bunch of notes. Was initially I was super wary of Kovit and his relationship with Nina because I was scared. I was real scared. Like. I know that they did like tease a romance and I'm actually okay with that, but I was scared that I wouldn't be okay with it. 
And I was, miraculously. It could have gone so wrong. Yeah. I was worried about her, them pulling a children of virtue and vengeance for they're like, he did nothing wrong. He is pure of heart. I know. He did not torture my friend. We're gonna bang in this closet. Yeah, I was real worried. I guess I love the enemies to lovers trope, so but I have a lot of like rules for it. Bro, you know how enemies to friends to lovers is like my shit. It's it's a good it's a good ass trope, but I I don't just love every iteration of the trope. I'm picky. Yeah. Cuz I despised the trope in Children of Blood and Bone. Don't Virgin even Virgins. compare that to that trope. That is not the same. Children of Virtue. It is the same. They did try to do an enemies to lovers, but they skipped the friends bit. Is the thing. Yeah. The friends bit in the middle is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm about to get into, like, the... I want to lead into, like, my biggest conversation, but I feel like we should discuss other things before I get there. Mm-hmm. What else? Ooh, another, a tiny detail that she didn't mention that I was curious about. This is, like, so tiny. When she was, like, um, picking out new clothes, because her clothes were... I don't remember what it was. I don't know if they were covered in blood or whatever, but, you know, she changed a couple times. They never mentioned a bra or underwear. I don't know why this stuck with me enough to write it down, but, like, she was changing into, like, I don't know, COVID's clothes or whatever, and I'm like, did you have a bra? Did it get destroyed? Are you just running around without one? Because that'd be so painful. Yeah. I think the reason why they didn't mention it is because this is supposed to be a teen book. Yeah, but, like, bras aren't any worse than, like, torture and cannibalism. (laughs) But in the eye of the single white man who decides... (laughs) About, like, what is over the line. <laughs> he said, bra's not okay. Torture, cannibalism, that's fine. Eating a finger like it's a mozzarella stick, that's fine. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Bra, not good. Anyway, I don't know why, like, that just... I don't know. It's because, I guess because the book was so filled with little details. Yeah. I wanted that. I also really liked the little hint of romance at the end because it wasn't complete. You know what I mean? They went through something really horrible and they weren't taking the time to feel butterflies in their stomach. Like, every once in a while Anita would be like, that wasn't horrible. And then she'd be like, moving on. I have other things to worry about. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they barely teased the romance. Yeah. I've, I wonder if, like, we're gonna go, like, the typical route maybe of, like, a YA and, like, the romance will become, like, a thing in book two or three, or if they're gonna subvert it and not have it become a thing. Because I feel like that could happen with the way this book is, you know? Yeah. It's different in some ways. COVID might be like, nah. <laughs> I was thinking about, okay, this is kind of fucked up, I guess. I was thinking about how Nita and her ability with her pain and COVID with his ability, I was like, they like, they work really well together. I don't want to, I'm like, I, I said like they're made for each other, but like in a less weird way you know you know what i'm saying like they yeah they fit back on the cannibalism thing they can have children like zannies and humans yeah they can have can children, have children. His, his dad was a human and his yeah. sister's a human so i don't know what that means for the biology of things but right right that yeah so they could they're just like they didn't really talk about whether like they're called the naturals but they seem more like humans with other abilities you know, because they're yeah. totally like genetically compatible with humans. That we yeah. know that, and they I mean, look like unless humans. it's like a like a donkey and a horse situation. 
I guess. Where they can have a baby, but then their baby can't have babies. Hmm. Well, we'll I guess we'll find out if COVID's... COVID's... His mule. name sounds so much like COVID. <laughs> I when just realized COVID. that right now. You said COVID earlier. Yeah, because I turned the T into a D. Either way, well, I guess we'll find out in book two if COVID is um, infertile. That'll be <laughs> that'll be a plot point. COVID finds out he's infertile. Like COVID goes to the doctor's office. A really bad fan fiction where it's like they're trying to have a baby and they can't because he's like a mule. I wish I wrote fan fiction so I could write, write that. Oh my god. I wonder if there's fan fiction about this book. The part, okay, this is really stupid, but the part where, um, the part where she said, my mom sold me on the black market, I had, like, astral projection projections back to 1D fanfic. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> You're right! And then I was like, Michelle, you gotta move past it. Write another fanfic where COVID is, like, One Direction. <laughs> And Nina's mom sells her to One Direction, but it's just oh COVID. And Jorge and Lorenzo can be like the other members of One Direction. Yeah. And Boulder. And whatever the fuck that vampire's name was. What was his name? I want him to come back. He unsettled me. In a good way. I don't know if it said his name, did it? Maybe it didn't. They called him like the zebra vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. his hair. Yeah. Because um, he had the stripes. I liked how the creatures were all, like, based on real creatures, or, like, the unnaturals were all based on real creatures, but they were, like, different. Like, the vampires weren't immortal. They got, like, the detail about how they got, like, weaker as they age, and, like, if you tried to take on a baby vampire, it's, like, suicide, which I guess you just kind of stole that from Twilight. Remember how, like, the new vampires are, um, super strong? I'm sure Twilight is not the only book oh, I know. that idea. <laughs> Joke. Um... I was also thinking that, I was also making that Twilight comparison when I was talking about how Covet and Nita were, like, made for each other, quote-unquote. I was, like, because their powers mirror each other, were like, Edward could read minds, but Bella's mind couldn't be read. Okay. This is this just is... Twilight. This is secretly Twilight fanfiction. This is actually, this is Twilight if it was good. <laughs> this is not anywhere close to don't... Twilight. Okay, but, like... This is all a joke. Don't be wrong. I loved Twilight, but it's also not good. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad, but I loved it. Um, I didn't even love it. Like I loved it. <laughs> Unapologetically, I loved it. I really liked Nita's sort of journey into morality. Like, she started off and she was like, if I don't see it, then it's not my fault. And then later in the book, she's like, that's fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. It's still happening even if I don't see it and I need to come to terms with that. And then she thought, I'm a horrible person anyway, why does it matter? <laughs> Actually, the morality stuff and, like, Nina's journey to morality was, like, one of my pet peeps about the book. For two reasons. One of the reasons being, um, I was annoyed with Nita about how long it took her. Um, I wrote down some pages, so let me just find them really quick. Um, to be fair, she spent her entire life cutting up dead bodies. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, this is just, you know, me having a little pet peeve. But, um, she was talking- it's on, like, early- pretty early on when she's um, in her cage and she's talking about how, oh, I liked cutting people up. I didn't want to stop. But if I, I guess it is not in first person. If she ever got out of here, she'd never be able to work in the black market again. It was a slow, sad realization. Memories of smiles shared between her parents, dissections to Disney songs, blah, 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 blah. 
Now they weren't happy. They were overshadowed with the knowledge of what had gone into them. I don't know why that just like pissed me off. I guess it just annoyed me that, like I understand 100% why it took her so long to like actually realize this and why it took her so long. And later in the book, why it took her so long to like realize that she and Covet weren't that different when she was like, oh, he's so terrible. And I'm like, you like dissected bodies. I think part of the reason why she wanted COVID to be so terrible for so long was because she had cut up so many yeah. of them. <laughs> Again, I get it. I guess it was just like, that pet peeve leads into my major pet peeve for the book. I still like the book a lot. Just my big pet peeve was like, I wanted them to be more evil. Here's the thing. So like I went into the book having like read the back and having read some like descriptions by the author and it was like these are this is like a book where the villains are the main characters and like it's all about the gray morality and like early in the book they actually talked about they compared it they compared themselves Covet compared himself to two TV shows Dexter and Hannibal about how he said those TV shows are about serial killers but the serial killers are sympathetic and he's like I don't want to be sympathetic but I'm like but Hannibal isn't sympathetic Anyway, I love the show Hannibal. Hannibal's not sympathetic in any way whatsoever. I know you haven't seen it or read it. He's a serial killer and a cannibal, but they don't make him sympathetic. He doesn't get a backstory. He doesn't have some like, there's there's no sympathy there, but he's still, you still root for him and you still love him because he's an interesting character and he's fun to watch, not because he's sympathetic. And that's what I wanted from this. I wanted Kovit and Nita to be super fun because they were evil and they were morally gray. And they kind of were, but the book also made sure to give them the sympathetic backstory and to give them the the rules and to give them the, the like, um, what's the word? Turmoil inside them, you know? And I, like, I get it, but like, also I just want it to be more evil. You know, yeah. I was like, I don't need this like struggling with whether it's okay. I just want you to be evil and kill people. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That was just like, I wanted, I thought it was kind of tame in regards to like whether the characters were like morally reprehensible. You know, I feel like the, I feel like I would have enjoyed it even more if they'd gone the extra mile and not have them been as sympathetic as they were. Thoughts? I get what you're saying. I did not walk into this book with those expectations. I actually knew all like literally nothing about this book too. I didn't even read the back before I read the book. Really? <laughs> yeah. I saw that it was a young adult horror and it got good reviews and I was worried about reading something that I wouldn't have wanted to read in reviews so I was just like this is the book we're reading because it looked good it had been on my to be read list for a while I had forgotten what it was about and I was ready to roll okay <laughs> and so walking into it for me I thought they weren't like I get what you're saying but they weren't super sympathetic in my eyes because in my eyes, I saw it as she was struggling to find this morality within herself. But at the same time, she understood that deep down, she was just a, always going to be a horrible monster. Because <laughs> she loved cutting people up. She was literally, like, shivering because she hadn't done it in so long. And anytime she was trying to get comforted, she'd pretend she was holding a fucking scalpel. Mm -hmm. Which is just super weird. And the part where she's standing on the other side of the mirror and she's looking at Kovit, who they're like basically friends at this point. She's looking at Kovit and he's like, why are you looking at me like that? And she says, I'm thinking about what it would be like to cut you off. I love that part because <laughs> yeah. that was like a glimpse. I wanted more of those glimpses into like Nita being like really fucked up. Like yeah. I imagine her just like staring at him, like drooling, like, 
I want to cut you up. <laughs> and I loved that. And we saw all of Kovitz smiling and being creepy. And I thought that was interesting, too, because he had this rule, right, that he wasn't going to torture anybody that he was friends with. Mm -hmm. So in order to prevent him from making friends, he would be a freak. <laughs> and <laughs> it was Nita being like, why wouldn't I talk to him? Like, that was the only reason she got out of their life. Yeah. It was because she decided to ask for a shower. And he was like, why are you talking to me? And she was like, am I not supposed to? <laughs> That's it. I didn't even think about that. How, like, yeah, she didn't even think to be, like, scared of him. Like, yeah. everyone else was. Because he tried to be, like, freaky. Yeah. To everybody else. She was just like, I want to cut you the fuck up. I don't care. <laughs> I did like that. No, I, I, they definitely went there. I guess I'm just fucked up enough to want more. <laughs> I was like, every time that Nita had one of those moments, like, you know, like, those moral moments, a little tiny part of me, like, I guess that fucked up part of me was, like, rolling my eyes, like, get to the creepy shit. I want you to be fucked up. <laughs> you wanted her to walk up and like slash people across the throat just yeah. so she could cut them up. Yeah. But it was really good. And I, I think they actually did the morality thing really well. It's just me wanting more. I think the book would have had to be different if she was truly going to be the evil character and that she actually already helped her mother or at least knew about it, that her mother was killing people and had made that well, connection she did know in the past. her mother was killing people. But she thought it was because they were bad. So she was thinking, mom is going out and killing a bad thing and then bringing the body back to me. And it doesn't matter because I'm just cutting up the body. I don't, I thought that she didn't rationalize it like that. I thought that she, I didn't think she rationalized, I didn't think she rationalized it like that. I thought it was more just like, her mom's killing them. I don't have to look at it. I'll dissect them. But I thought she kind of knew, you know, that her mom wasn't just killing bad people. I think for a lot of them, it was like, a significant number were mostly just monsters that were on the it's okay to kill list. And for the few that were not okay to kill and her mom was just doing it for money, then she was saying, oh, I just looked the other way because it's just this one time. I don't know what happened. The body just showed up and I don't have yeah. to think about it too much. But then the rest of them she was fine with because she was like, well, they're on the kill list anyway, so we're doing the world a service. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I get that. So I think for me, it would have made sense to go the more evil route if she was okay with the idea of her mother killing things that didn't need to be killed. And she already thought of zanies as being just like people and thought of unicorns as being just like people. And she was okay with it and okay with thinking about them as people when they got onto her table instead of just like going into autopilot mode and like enjoying slicing them up but not thinking about them as people mm -hmm. and then she got to the place and she just saw bodies to cut up you know yeah i think that like i agree that like it might have been like have to be a different book if you were going that way but i was more not like excited about the fact that her mom was killing things and that she saw them as people it was more just like didn't care you know, more like, like, she was like, I don't care because I like enjoy cutting them up. And like, maybe when she had like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't yeah. even I, more evil. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I agree with you. Yeah. To a, yeah, I agree with you. It's the whole I agree with you, but like, I wanted something else. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just need to find a different book for you. I think I don't know if I'm going to find that in the young yeah. adult novel, you know, that's probably more adult. Yeah. Maybe one day we can find that book. I mean, Hannibal. maybe you can write that book. Maybe I can. 
But Hannibal, but like if it was about a woman, because Hannibal would be better. It would be better. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know. But like Hannibal, the books are different than the TV show because he's less of a main character. Yeah. What else? I really liked how Morella quote unquote died. Yeah, I did like that too. That was, I don't know why, but that was just shocking to me. Really? Yeah, because normally in a young adult book, it's like, she's dying. I have to save her. I run in slow motion. But instead, it was Morella gets shot. She hits the dock. There's blood. And then she, like, rolls herself into the river. And Nita's standing there and she's thinking, like, I can't fucking help her. She's done. She got shot. What am I going to do? That's the stuff that I liked. And then she moved on. Yeah. I loved that. I did like those, that stuff a lot. Death is always so dramatic in all young adult. Uh, okay, not all. But like so many young adult books that it was refreshing to me that it was like Nita was in a life or death situation. She knew that. So she had to push whatever was going on way down. Just move on with her day. <laughs> She'd be, she was like, if I react to this, I'm going to end up just like her. I can't fight against a gun. I also really like the part in the beginning where she's talking about all these historical figures. Like, I, the one that I wrote down mm. specifically was Columbus cutting off hands. Yeah. That little part, I was like, ooh, this is going to be a good book. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that the book addressed those things. I remember them doing it several times during the book. Yeah. Talking about, like, America. Like, because the book was... The book was set in South America, and I feel like it. if it was a different book, it could have been racist. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That the black market is in, like, a South American country, yeah. and, you know... This book could have gone horribly wrong, but it didn't, and I appreciate it. But, that. like, they didn't really go that way, you know? And, like, Inhup was corrupt, and, like, America was corrupt, and they were bribing people all over the place, and, like... Anyway, they talked about that kind of stuff. And they said they gave reasons for why it was where it was. Yeah, and they, they talked about stuff like that instead of being like, it's in it's in one of the South American countries because they're lawless, you know? Yeah. But they, like, actually had, like, realistic reasons that were not, like, horribly racist. Yeah. And she talked about, like, the white people coming to the market to be, like, tourists. Like, the really rich white people. Which was just so fucked. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you right, though. Right. Anything else you want to talk about? I don't. Surprisingly, this was a shorter episode. Because it was so good. It was good. Yeah, I mean, that is fair. We When we have things we don't like in a book, we tend to like talk about them a lot. Because Cause usually we want to rant about we them. We want to rant about them. There's nothing. But this was a really good book. Yeah. And my only like pet peeve about the book wasn't even like that much of a critique. It was just me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? I want to find the like most fucked up YA that I can. This, I think, has taken the number one spot. Yeah. It's like the most fucked up YA. It was pretty fucked up. But I'd like to find, I, I wonder if I can find a worse one. <laughs> find the most <laughs> morally reprehensible, disgusting young adult novel that I can. Yeah. And we can read it. I wonder if the sequels are going to keep the uh, same tone. I'm very excited. I don't know. I'm so excited to read them. We will read them. I have other books I also want to read in the meantime. Yeah. For the, uh. There's like. Ten books. There's right like now so that many I have books. In my apartment that I need to read. I have. I have also so many books that I want to read for this yeah. and like discuss. Yeah. 
And that wraps up the discussion. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to find us, we're on Twitter at DebutantPod. Let us know what you thought of the book. Did you agree <laughs> with us? Did you disagree? What books would you like us to discuss next? Why did that make you laugh? Because I said it earlier. Oh, right, you did. Yeah. You can also find us on anchor.fm slash debutantes and dash debauchery and on our website, debutantesanddebaucherypodcast.blogspot.com. Next time, we'll be reading The Girl from the Well by Rin Chapeco. That episode will be coming out in three weeks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.